This time I will turn the mute off on my mic. The uh, children can be dismissed for children's church. That's age three up to seven. Ages three up to seven can be dismissed for children's church. Which is too bad because today's topic is children obey your parents and the Lord. You know, we should probably have retained that group, but we'll make it work anyway. How about that? Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome here. It's nice to see you all. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are making speedy progress through this book. The word alacrity comes to mind because we're just really flying through this thing. But it's important to us. God's word is important to us. And so we, we like to work through it systematically in a way to understand what's there. And, the, you know, you would probably be, I don't know if you'd be encouraged or discouraged to know how much uh, when I study a passage, how much I come up with. And I think, man, I'd really want them to hear all of this. And it's enormous, the, the amount of stuff there. And, uh, and of course, I have to pare it down to give it to you in a, in a period of time that you, you know, your backside can take and we can like sit through in one period and stuff. So, um, so there, there's a lot there. We love God's word. And that's why the Bible is our middle name here at Parkside Bible Fellowship. And, and, um, so we're, I joke about how slowly we go through books, but I don't dare go through much more quickly than, than we're doing because this is God's word and it's important. And so. Uh, That being the case, why don't we go to the Lord together in prayer right now and ask his blessing on our time. Lord, as we come to your word this morning, we trust you. We quickly and gladly confess that this is your word. These are your very words that you, uh, uh, you cause these human authors to write, but it's from you and it's by your spirit and they are uh, preserved for us in this book. And, and Jesus said that, that, uh, nothing would be changed forever in, uh, in your word. And, and so we know that your word is eternal and we take great comfort in that because uh, the information that we hear on uh, the news or the radio or in conversation with each other, things that many times we think are truth turn out not to be necessarily so, but in your word, we learn true truth. And so as we come to it this morning, Lord, it's in that attitude of submission, wanting, uh, wanting you to speak to us by your spirit. Lord, um, I pray that you would help us even this morning to set aside those things that would distract us. Help us to, uh, focus in on your word and what you're saying. Help us to be sensitive in our spirits to what you are saying to us by your word, by your spirit. Lord, I pray that uh, more than that, you would help us not only to be sensitive to those things, but that you would help us to respond in obedience. When your word tells us to do something, Lord, we, we want to respond in obedience. Lord, I pray that during this time, Jesus would be lifted up, that we would give him very great glory, that we would not come away from this uh, with a list of things for us to do to please God, but instead that we would come away knowing you better, understanding better who you are and what you've done for us, and then seeing uh, some things that that means in our lives. So, Lord, we trust you, and we look for you to speak to us this morning. pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our passage today is Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at just verses 1 through 4. And uh, it's kind of interesting. We, I wish we could take credit for this, but we can't. In, in scheduling all this stuff out, because it turns out that in our Sunday school class with the high schoolers this week, we were talking about the fifth commandment, which is uh, 
honor your father and mother. And, um, and so here it is, it just happens to be that we're in Ephesians chapter six at the same time. And I didn't schedule that to put it together. That was God who did that. And actually I had hoped to be to the fifth commandment several weeks earlier in Sunday school. And because I take a time, a lot, a long time when I go through stuff, we didn't make it. And so it worked together. But, um, so the, the high schoolers got a preview of what we're talking about today. I want us to jump back like I usually do and help us to just think about where we are in the passage. Right. For many of you who read or like to read novels, I don't read a ton of fiction, but I like to when I get the chance. And when you open it up, the first thing you got to do is remember, okay, who's this guy again? What's he doing? And why are we here in the story? Right. And so you kind of replay that in your mind. We need to do that with God's word. Also, we need to know what's happening so that we can figure out what is intended to be said here. And so uh, looking back towards the end of chapter five there, we can see that, um, uh, looking at, at chapter five and in verse 18, he was there talking. He, he said, uh, do not get drunk with wine for this is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit or be filled by the spirit we talked about. And we looked at that quite a bit. And that has quite a few implications for the way we treat one another. Right. And he's he's been spelling out what those uh, what those things might be. And he finished up in verse 21, finished that paragraph by talking about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ which is like a, a hinge or it, that leads him on a new topic of submission, what it means for Christians to be in submission to one another. And we talked about being in proper submission to, to the authorities that God has placed over us. And, and we looked for a couple of weeks, actually, at the husband-wife relationship. That's the first one he moves to here, is, uh, is wives be in submission to your husbands. And then husbands, remember he spent all that big long section on husbands talking about how then they should respond in this uh, in exercising this headship, this position of authority that God has given the husband. And that can be characterized by this self-sacrificial love of Christ is, is how the husband is supposed to love his wife. And so we looked at how those things, that relationship works together. And he spent a long time talking about husband and wife relationships. And there are a lot of reasons for that, but it's, it's kind of a building block for the church. It's a building block for society. It's, it's the environment in which children are raised, uh, whether they will follow the Lord or not, um, many times is determined by home environment. And so he talked a lot about that. Well, now he moves on into our passage here and, and starts talking about the relationship between children and their parents, or specifically here, children and fathers. And so he's talking about the next relationship of this submission. What does this submission that's a result of being filled by the spirit and is characterized by being filled by the spirit? What does this submission look like in a relationship between kids and parents? And so before we get to our passage, I want to point one thing out just to begin with that I think it's significant for us. And we need to think about this. The fact that God values children enough that he addresses them directly in his word. Have you thought about that? He didn't say, parents, tell your kids to do this stuff. He does that plenty of times, right? But here he says, children. And he turns in the conversation and Paul focuses on writing directly to the children. And so I think that shows a great value and a great honor for children that, that Paul would expect them to be responsible enough members of the congregation, first of all, that they would be here to hear his, uh, his letter read. Remember, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And they would have received this letter and wow, Paul wrote to us, right? And they would have opened it up and read it in the congregation. 
And, uh, and so this would have been the sermon for the day or the sermon for the month, or maybe they made six months out of it like us. I don't know. But when he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, he expected them to hear that directly when, when he read that. And so I think it's, it's important for our understanding of how God views children and how God values children that he would write to them directly in his word and he would address them about how they're supposed to behave in this spirit-filled context, in this church context, in this body of Christ relating properly to one another context, he addresses, uh, addresses children directly, which reminds me kind of when Jesus in Mark chapter 10 was uh, was there with his disciples and the children came and the disciples were like, no, get him away. They're kind of, they're messing with Jesus or whatever. And Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, he says, let them come. And so that needs to be our attitude towards children. Uh, together as a congregation and in our families and in our conversations, in our connect groups, in our lives, we need to have that sort of attitude towards children that we don't, we don't keep them over there or we don't keep them just separate by themselves. But the expectation here is that they were present right here, just like these are to hear the instruction. So I found that to be, uh, to be meaningful. And, uh, so let's, let's turn to Ephesians chapter six. We're going to look at verses one through four today. Ephesians chapter six, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So first of all, we see here children commanded. Children are commanded in this first part, right? And the command is relatively simple. It's straightforward. Obey your parents. Children obey your parents, right? So all of us parents can say amen to that. We can, we want to like nudge our kids if they're next to us, but let's try not to do that. You can tell them that later over lunch, but that's, that's the command here. And it's clear. Now, if, if you remember the relationship between husband and wife, the, the, the word that was used there for the way the wife relates to the husband wasn't explicitly obey. That wasn't the word. It was submit. Right. And that's because there's a different kind of relationship, obviously, between husband and wife, as opposed to between children and their parents, that husband and wife are 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 equals and peers. And so they they relate to each other in this ordered way that God has established. But it's not as inferior to superior. They're peers they make this decision together. The final decision lies with the husband. Right. Final blame. We talked about that lies with the husband. But there's that's it's a submission relationship that happens. This one with the, with the parents and the kids is different. Children obey. Now, of course, there's submission involved, right? I can tell when my kids are submitted to me and when they're not, you can too. Probably they can too, right? So there's submission involved, but he gets right to the point and says, obey your parents. Do what they tell you. And so that's the expectation that he has for, for these children at the church in Ephesus. And, uh, Children are to do what their parents say. Now, of course, there's, a, there's an obvious caveat with that. If, if the parents tell the kids to do something wrong, all right, kids, your mom and I have concocted this plan. We're going to rob that bank. But they won't suspect kids, and so we'll send you in to rob that bank. Of course, you're not going to obey your parents in that situation, right? So if, if, if your parents are asking you to do something or influencing you to do something that is not honoring to God, of course, you're not going to do that, right? Um, and so, so uh, it's assuming that, that the instructions are God-honoring, but you're going to obey your parents. But he goes on. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. The second command there, honor your father and mother. We talked about this 
quite a bit in our Sunday school class because he's quoting from the fifth commandment, right? You think of the Ten Commandments, and then he's quoting from the fifth commandment. And, and this word honor is, a, is an interesting word that, that carries with it obey, but it has more than that. There's a, there's a respect. There's a, there's a from the heart kind of attitude of, of relating to this authority. So when you honor your mother and father, it's more than just, they said, clean my room. So I went and I cleaned my room and I did it with a frown on my face and I was angry throwing stuff around. That's not honoring your parents, right? Technically that's obeying, right? But it's not honoring your parents. And he says, he says, he says, honor your father and mother. And so there's a great deal of respect there. There's a, there's a submission. There's a, there's a, a love for the people you're submitting to, a love for your parents as you obey them. And, and that's what he says here. The, and, of course, he's quoting from the, the Ten Commandments and the fifth of the Ten Commandments. We, we talked in our Sunday school class about, uh, and I was looking for a picture. In a, we're the only Sunday school class probably in the world that doesn't have a picture of the Ten Commandments. We have them in a list order. We don't have a picture, right? Two pieces of stone with some writing that looks vaguely, vaguely Hebrew, right? And there'll be... There'll be, uh, you know, some on this stone and some on the other stone. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, the first four have something in common. They're about how we relate to God, very explicitly how we relate to God, right? You shall have no other gods before me, right? Uh, don't make for yourself any carved images. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain and, and remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Those are very explicit between us and God, right? And so it's this vertical kind of relationship, the first four, well, then if you think about the last five, let's hold on to the fifth commandment for a second. But if you think about six through 10, you know, it's stuff like don't lie, don't, don't kill people, right? Uh, don't commit adultery. It's, it's horizontal type stuff, right? For very explicitly, six through 10 is horizontal stuff. Well, so that raises the question, if you were making tablets of stone and you were going to put them together, right? How would you group them? You got to keep them in the order they're in. Would you put four on the first tablet? And then six on this other tablet. And for those of you who like symmetry, that's blowing your mind right there to think of having two pieces of stone with only four over here and six over here, right? You just couldn't bring yourself to do that. And so you'd probably put the fifth one on, on the one after the four, right? Because then it's, it, it's balanced out. But there's, there's a bigger reason uh, behind what, where you would put that, right? And it's interesting, depending upon which culture you look at or which tradition you look at it's placed in different in different places now obviously relating to father and mother is a person-to-person horizontal kind of relationship and yet the hebrews put it in the first tablet with the horizontal with the vertical relationship between us and god and there's reason for that it wasn't just the symmetry it was that the relationship that we have with our parents, our relationship to our parents, our submission to them, our obedience to them, our honoring of them is very closely related to our submission to and obedience to and honoring God. And so in our Sunday school class, we tried to figure out which came first, which is, which is the, the foundation for the other, right? Is it, is it that your, your relationship with God is the foundation for your obedience to your parents? Or is it that your obedience to your parents is foundational for your obedience to God, right? And we haggled about that a little bit to try and figure it out. And, and I'm not sure which, can, which comes first, right? Imagine a three, your three-year-old, right? Eva Claire is going to be three in three years, turns out. And uh, if, my math, if my math serves, right? So when she's three, it's very likely possible, maybe even very possible, that she will be an obedient little girl and she'll do what her parents say. So is, 
assuming she is, and Lord, let it be assuming that she is, is, is it that she's obedient to us because she has such a great love for God and she's really walking with the Lord? Probably not if she's three, right? I'm not making any, any firm declarations here. I'm just saying probably not if, if she's three. All right. Now, when she's a teenager, if she obeys us, she's obedient from the heart. She's submissive to us. She just does what we say. She listens to our advice. She honors us. Could that be a sign of her walk with the Lord? Absolutely. Right? So you see the two are very closely related to each other. Now, what's interesting is a three-year-old who has learned to obey mom and dad has a great pattern for relating to the Lord. A great pattern. Already understands that authority is there for her protection, for her good. Right? The authority is trustworthy and authority is to be submitted to. That's, those are great things to have under your belt when you come into a relationship with Christ. Right? As opposed to a, a rebellious attitude where I don't really care what my parents say. I'm going to lie to their face and do what I want and all this kind of stuff. And this attitude that's completely rebellious. And then you come to the Lord. Do you think you're just going to be submitted to the Lord and just do what he says? No. Right? You've established a pattern. And so this fifth commandment is very interesting. And so there, there's real debate about which which, you know, which one you put it on and, and, uh, which of the two lists, is it horizontal or is it vertical? Well, yes, it is. There's my, there's my cop out for the day, but that's what he says here. He quotes from the fifth commandment. He says, honor your father and your mother. All right. This, uh, that, that's the instruction that he has there. So it goes beyond just do what they say, but it's do what they say from the heart. This is the expectation of, of children to their parents. So one is foundational to the other, and I'm not sure which came first or which comes first. I think they work together in a powerful way uh, to produce this child who loves his parents, submits to his parents, loves Jesus, and submits to him. The two are very closely related. Now, notice what he says here. Back up to verse 1, right? I'm kind of going to bounce around a little bit in these verses today. I don't normally do that, but today I will. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. Now, if, if you remember, just in the, in the paragraphs that we've already covered about the relationship between husband and wife, very often he drew us back to the fact that a wife is to submit to her husband as to the Lord, right? And a husband is to love his wife as Christ does. Right? So there's always this reference back to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and how he loves that is to be the, the governing force behind how we relate with one another. Right? And it's the same way here. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And so he, he brings it back around so that it's not just a, a list of what to do. It's not just a rule that, that, that you should just do this. By golly, you're going to do that thing. No, it's not that, right? He, he's giving the reason, the motivation behind it. He's also giving the pattern for it, right? Obey your parents in the Lord. Now, this raises some interesting questions. What if you're in the Lord and your parents aren't? Well, the fact that you're in the Lord means that you will obey them like you obey the Lord. Assuming what they tell you to do is right, okay? With, with that caveat there. But because you are in the Lord you will submit to them and you will obey them that way regardless of them because it's really ultimately the Lord that you're obeying. God has given us parents to our children 
for the purpose of instructing them and teaching them and training them and all those things. And he knew what he was doing when he put parents A and B with child Z. He knew what he was doing. And that's on purpose. And so when we submit, when we obey um, in the Lord, that's what that means, is that we as children will submit to them as we submit to Christ. And that's really what's going on in there. What he's getting at, really starting in chapter 4, chapter 5, and even on into chapter 6, our relationships with one another in whatever way they are, whether it's in the family, in the home, in the church, in the world, our relationships with one another are governed by and guided by our relationship with Christ. Right? There's so much in there. There's so much in there. We don't just relate to each other a certain way because we're nice and we're at church. We do so because of the fact that we are in the Lord. And so we're going to treat people a certain way. So your obedience to your parents is not determined by who they are. It's determined by who the Lord is. Right? And our submission to him. He's the Lord. So obey and honor your parents. So so much for children commanded. Our second point here is children motivated. Right? He talks about various motivations. First of all, he says it's right behavior. Right? Look at verse 1 again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. I mean, you can look at nature and you can look at the fact that the child came from the parents is instructive to us for the fact that the parents probably therefore should teach the children and the children should be, should be in submission to that to learn how to be adults, to learn how to be mature, right? So it's a natural thing. It's very simple. The, the, the natural order tells us this stuff, right? It's also true that all throughout Scripture, it's a consistent command, a consistent expectation that children be in submission to and honor their parents and obey their parents. It's right in the sense that it's righteous. It is God-honoring and it's God-pleasing from the very beginning, right? If you think of the Ten Commandments, where did he first start talking about people in relation to people? It's this relationship in the Fifth Commandment. This, is, this takes priority. This is very important. It is right. That's the first motivator. It's right. The second motivator is the present benefit. The present benefit in the here and now, right? Listen to this. He says, honor your father and mother, verse 2. This is the first commandment with a promise. Interesting. So now there start to be promises with the commands. And here's the first, here's the, the promise that it may go well with you, that it may go well with you. This only makes sense, right? I'm going to address the, the, the children directly or teenagers. And there are a few, uh, lower, younger than teenagers here. There's a word in Russian that popped into my head and it wouldn't make any sense to anybody. So I had to figure out what the English was. That doesn't happen very often. It happened twice today. So I don't know what the, what's going on. Children, teenagers, those still living at home, right? Your parents have been where you are, right? We have been teenagers, right? Today is one of the youth's 14th birthday. And we sang to this youth and I won't call her out right now, but, uh, we've, we've, we had 14th birthdays. Your parents had 14th birthdays. We've been in tough relationships. We've been in tough spots. We, we got cut from the team or we had this difficult relationship at school or we got these things happened. We've been down this road before, right? And we love you and we want to pass on to you helpful information that will help you avoid some of those things that we got entangled in, right? We have sinned in particular ways that tripped us up and have caused pain, right? At the time and maybe even continuing. We want to help you guys avoid that stuff, right? 
So when a situation comes up and we're counseling you on uh, what to do or what not to do or how to think about this or whatever, listen to us. We love you and want what's best for you. And we've been there and we've either screwed it up or done it well or learned from it. And so we're trying to help you. And so you can see very clearly that uh, even apart from some miraculous supernatural working of God to cause it to go well for you, it will go well for you when you submit to and obey your parents, when you honor your parents. Because we know what we're talking about, right? Not perfectly, of course, but we've been down that road. And so we're trying to help you and it, it will benefit you if you will listen to us. There are a few verses I, I want to point to there. These are, uh, if you ever want to learn about parenting, go to Proverbs, man, let me tell you, just go to Proverbs and get a, get a concordance. I talk about a concordance every now and again, the one in the back of your Bible, unless you have an exceptional Bible, the one in the back of your Bible is going to be pretty limited. So like you can actually get a concordance or you can look for it online or a Bible app on your phone or tablet or whatever, but search for, um, children, mother, father. If you want to get really instructed, search for the word rod, R-O-D, right? It's connected with discipline, right? And it's not just talking about beating your kids. That's, that's not, it's talking about discipline, how you discipline your children, right? Sometimes that includes the rod. Sometimes that includes spanking. Other times it doesn't. Other times it's a different kind of discipline. But search for the word rod in the book of Proverbs and you will be instructed and you'll learn a ton about parenting. So I did that and here's, here's what I came up with. From Proverbs 13, Discipline is a sign of love from parents and from God. Proverbs thirteen twenty four and Hebrews 12, 7 and 8 talk about that. No discipline at the time is pleasant, right? Hebrews. But it's for your good. It is for your good and for your benefit. It's a sign of love from your parents. And the fact that God gave you parents who would be willing to discipline you is a sign of his, his love for you. Another verse, Proverbs twenty two fifteen, Discipline drives out the folly that is wrapped up in the heart of a child. Right? Think theologically for a moment. We're born in sin. Right? We're, we're born with this bent, this want to, to rebel against God and do our own thing. Right? And that doesn't look like total evil in every child. Right? Not every child is running around, you know, hurting people or something like that. But, but there's still this will that I'm going to be in charge. Right. And that's that that's that sin nature that we're born with. Their children are born in sin. And Proverbs calls that folly and the things that it's going to lead to. That's folly, foolishness. Right. And so discipline drives out that folly. A parent disciplining, parenting a child, raising a child realizes this child has this one particular bent and always wants to do this one thing or whatever and can help that child grow through that. And in a sense, will drive that folly from them. Discipline does that, Proverbs 22. Proverbs 29, 15. Discipline and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Right? If parents don't discipline their child, if they don't figure out the child's natural sinful bent and figure out how to change that and mold that and discipline that, in the end, they will bring the child, uh, as it says here, the child left to himself brings shame to his mother. The end product is not going to be the kind that you boast about, that you post on Facebook about, right? Little Johnny, you should have seen it. He, no, if, if you haven't disciplined, if you haven't trained, if you haven't raised up your child to know better, the things that you're going to end up having to post on Facebook, you're not really going to want to, right? Now, children, when you hear these verses, the rod, discipline, 
right? That's fun stuff, right? Parents just sit around and talk about this stuff and giggle, right? And kind of laugh and kind of, we're excited. No, but here's what's going on. Listen, listen to the heart and the reasoning behind it from Hebrews 12, 11. Okay. This is God's word speaking for the moment. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. There's a key in there. Your parents disciplining you will not make it so. It requires that you have been trained by it. And if you've been trained by it, there's a peaceful reward. It will go well with you. So that's the second, that's the second uh, motivation there, present benefit. There's also future hope. There's another motivation that he mentions there in verse 3. says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, he's not talking about eternity, right? He's, he's talking about the fact that your life course before you will be benefited because of what you learned when you were under the discipline and instruction of your parents. It will go well with you. And I probably should have pulled out some statistics about, uh, about you know, crime rates and family life. There are great correlations that are sad and, and preventable in so many cases. There are future benefits that you may live long in the land is what he says here. Now, there's another very real and lasting benefit to listening to and obeying your parents. I talked about the fact that, you, you know, with referring to jail and stuff like that, you could probably avoid a whole lot of that stuff by being trained up by your parents, listening to them, being, being uh, disciplined by them and things like that. But here's something else, and this is for the parents every bit as much or more. Okay. Most Christians come from a Christian home. There's a very great correlation between a Christian family, mom and dad, Christians teaching their kids to be Christians, teaching them to follow the Lord, teaching them the Bible, training them. There's a very great correlation. It's not one-to-one. You can't make it happen, but there's a very great correlation. Most Christians come from a Christian home. All right. And so parents, our instruction in the New Testament, our great commandment, uh, the great commission from Jesus is to go and make disciples. Your children are the best disciples you will ever make. Period. You can go and disciple other people and disciple other people, but imagine the limited influence that you actually have in these people's lives. You might meet with them a couple hours a week. You might meet with them a couple hours a couple times a week for a period of time. Your children live in your home. You will never make better disciples than with your children. Invest in them. Invest in them. This is where your children will learn to follow Christ is in your home. They can learn all kinds of other things in your home. Right? They can learn about the Sunday church mask that so many of us wear. Right? Or they can learn, they, they can learn all manner of things in the home. And I pray and I want us to be teaching our children to follow Christ in the home. That's where real lasting discipleship like no other takes place. Third point, children are to be raised up. They're to be raised up. So he turns to the fathers. He was just talking about being uh, honoring father and mother. And here he turns in verse four to fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So children are to be raised up. They're not to be torn down. 
right? He addresses fathers here. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain why, but probably because the father, as we've, we've already seen, is the, is the head of the home. There's this kind of relationship in submission to the father. But I think as a dad that this strikes me more personally than that, that I have a, and obviously this isn't exclusive to men or to fathers, but I, this is the way I take this for me. I have a real ability and even uh, bent to exasperate my children. I just, sometimes I just don't have patience. Just do it, period. And, uh, and I, I have that in me. And I, and I can see my child's face just fall when I do that, right? I just provoked them. I just frustrated them, right? It's a, it's a sad thing that, that we're able to do. Colossians 3 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And that's what's going on here. So dads, we have that special ability. And it's not resident just within dads, of course, but this is, this is my personal confession time and instruction that I take from this, right? Is that uh, I think that's why he addressed dads. But also, dads are the ones who are responsible for the, for the running of the home, ultimately responsible and will answer for the discipline and, and instruction of the children. And how it went, right? It, it, it falls on them. Now, there's a story about Spurgeon that great, you know, the prince of preachers, he, uh, he, he used to, uh, you know, work on Saturdays and, and he um, would write his sermons and stuff on Saturdays. And he was, he kind of got convicted one time that I wonder how the children are doing. I wonder how my wife is training the children and maybe I should take a more active role in that. And I really, and so he, he stopped by the room where, where, uh, where his wife was teaching the children and he sat and listened for a while and he thought, she's doing an outstanding job. And so it didn't really change his, his response to that because she was doing a great job. But what he understood is that the responsibility for it ultimately fell on him. And were it not going well, he would need to step in and make some changes. He would need to make some things happen because that's his watch. She was doing it very well. His point was it had been well delegated and she was flying with it. So let her fly with it. But it ultimately comes down to dad. It ultimately falls on dad. And so as a dad amongst dads, this is our responsibility, right? There's, there's a, a voice of authority that dads have with their children that mom doesn't have, right? There's just a different kind of relationship. My children look at me differently than they do their mom. Your children look at you differently than they do their mom. So teach them to be Christians. Pray with them. Read the Bible to them, right? You don't have to be able to get up here and do a sermon or lead a Sunday school class or lead some Bible study. I would love for you to be able to do that. I absolutely would. And if you want to, I'd be glad to teach you or would he be glad to teach you? We want to train people up to to be able to do that. But you can read to your kids. When dinner's done before the dishes are cleared, pull out your Bible and read a chapter. Explain it as best you can, answer questions, or just read it. But read to your kids. Be that main Christian influence in your kids' lives. That's on us. Instead of tearing them down, we need to discipline them. And that's kind of what he's getting into there in this second part here. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The idea of discipline is that we're training them, not not just that we're disciplining them because they did something wrong, so we sent them to the room or whatever. It's discipline as in teaching them generally how to be adults, how to be mature, how to live life, right? It includes things like keep your room clean. It includes things like, Hey, read your Bible and pray every day. And here's how you study your Bible. It includes things like how to take care of your money, 
how to relate to other people. Don't hit your sister. It's all of those things, right? You're, it's discipline. It's, you're teaching them how to mature and become mature adults, right? So that's what's going on there with the discipline idea. It's not just to spank or not to spank or when to spank. That's not, that's not what's going on. It's generally you are teaching them to become adults, who they will be. Will they know how to take care of money? Will they know how to balance a checkbook? Will they know how to change a tire on the car? Will they know how to relate to their spouse? Will girls know how to recognize a creep? I hope so. I have four daughters. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm not there to stop all the creeps, okay? So they need to, you know, like learn how to spot them and how to, you know, what to do with them at, at, or to them at that point. That's part of discipline. But he continues, instruction, right? He says, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more involved in Bible study. Teach them how to be Christians. Teach them some basic spiritual truths. You don't have to, you know, carry around Wayne Grudem. And, you know, if you can do that and you can teach your kids that outstanding. You don't have to do that. Talk to them about who Christ is. Tell them about how you became a Christian. Let them into to your, to your spiritual life and walk with them. I'm really struggling with this, with this uh, decision. I, I can choose A or I can choose B and I'm not really sure. And so I'm, I'm praying about this and I'm looking in the word and I'm asking wise people. And your kids are going, okay, dad. So now I know when I face this kind of situation, I need to look in God's word. I need to pray. I need to ask wise people and seek God's will in this. You just instructed your kids in a very important way. And that's a big part of what we uh, as parents need to be doing. Instruction refers to instruction in the knowledge of the Lord. And here, here's how the ancient Jews did it, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk in the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Talk about God. Teach them the Bible. Just talk to them about your relationship. Maybe you don't know the Bible super well. Tell them what you do know or pay really good attention in the sermon. And then you can like retell them the sermon throughout the week. That would be an excellent use of a sermon, by the way, to instruct your children. This part two is specifically directed at dads too. Dads have a key role in doing this, a key role in doing this. We may not be the one uh, doing all of the teaching in our, in our family. We homeschool our kids. I say we, my wife homeschools our children, right? And that happens while I'm, while I'm here at the office, while I'm gone. So I'm not the one teaching them Bible day in and day out. But I have responsibility to oversee it, and I have a responsibility to do it when I can, to be the one teaching Bible. Okay? And so that, that instruction is, is given to dads. Let me, let me encourage you, Dad. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are qualified to do this. That's all the qualification you needed. You're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you have kids. You're qualified to do it. So do it. Just do it. Just start in some way. And it doesn't have to be enormous. It doesn't have to be <clears throat> a giant plan. If you would listen to our family devotion times, you'd probably chuckle. We read a chapter. We ask some questions. Some of them are serious questions. Some of them are a little less serious questions. We talk about what it might mean. And then we pray. And we don't even do it every day. Right? We could actually use to be more consistent with that. But this is a responsibility that we as dads have. And, and um, this is a, a great task that, uh, that God has called us as parents to. It's a great and, and responsible task. It's a big task. And it's a calling that he wants us to do. And so parents, 
let's, let's pursue that. While we have time with our kids, invest in them. Invest in them. Children, obey your parents. Listen to what they say. Honor them. Even when you move out of the home, honoring continues, right? But honor your parents. Listen to them. We're trying to help you. We love you, and we want to help you skip some of the stuff that we, we wish we could have skipped, right? I became a believer at, at 18, <clears throat> and so I, I don't... Uh, I, I want my kids to miss a lot of the stuff that I didn't miss those first first 18 years. And so that's a big part of my instruction. That's a big part of, of what Paul is getting at here, that there's this relationship, a proper relationship between children and parents, right? And it's a, it's a loving relationship with a lot of responsibility on both parts. And, uh, and there's a beautiful result that comes out of it. A, a Christian family walking after God is a, is a beautiful thing. And so I, I pray that for you and I pray that for me and, and please pray for us as we're starting again at, you know, in our forties, we ask for God's blessing and I pray for God's blessing on you. We're going to move now to communion time where we get to celebrate being not just a part of our, uh, of our own family under our own house, but God has made us a part of his family. And so men who are serving, if you would come on down, I'd appreciate it.